Well, I would like to welcome our, all of our campuses that are joining us online today. We have the unique opportunity to broadcast to our campuses this morning, and so I'd like to give a little shout out to our Benton Heights campus, and yeah, a little shout out to our Stevensville campus, and then to our All Claire campus. Glad that each of you are joining us. Love to hear some of the neat things going on at the All Claire campus in particular. Pastor uh, Brian shared a couple weeks ago about uh, four people, I think it was, that had come to Christ on one particular week, and he asked me if it would be all right if we did a baptismal service, and those are the kind of questions I love to answer, and so uh, God's doing some great things at, at our campuses. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn with me to Acts chapter two. Uh, so today what we're going to do, real quick, we're going to open up God's Word together. We're going to look at God's Word. We're going to dream together about how this, uh, this passage of Scripture applies uh, to First Church, across our campuses, across our family of uh, campuses, and then we're going to do a little vision, kind of think about, uh, dream about together over the next uh, ministry season, what are some of the cool things God's got for us as we, again, work together across uh, our, all of our uh, campuses, and then I'm going to throw it back to uh, the campuses. We'll continue on here at St. Joe. I'll talk to you a little bit more, uh, and then but I'll throw it back to the campuses, and then at the campuses, the individual campus pastors, they're going to share a little bit specifically about what they sense God is doing and what how God is speaking to them about their particular context uh, for ministry. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the lay of the land for today. So again, thrilled to have Benton Heights and Stevensville and all Claire joining us uh, today. So the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts is a record of the eyewitness account of the early church. It began with a small band of believers. It ignited a movement that spread like wildfire. We see in the stories of the book of Acts, the, really the acts of, of the Holy Spirit is what, the way you could describe it. We see God's ideal restored through the power of the Holy Spirit working through these newly minted followers of Jesus. We read in the book of Acts the awe-inspiring expansion of the unified body of Christ. And we absolutely see in the book of Acts the restoration of God's ideal, which is our vision here at First Church. Let me read it for us and just hear and see and, and just imagine how God is moving as we read about, about what was going on in Acts, uh, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament church here in Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and all came over every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having, the favor, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved." I love that we have a record of what God was up to in the early church. It's a reminder of what God wants to, to do through us. What God wants to do through us, through our family of churches. And so what was the first thing that it says? It says that they, were devo they had devoted themselves to things. Now, a lot of times when uh, we're preaching, we look at uh, a word, a, a way a phrase has been translated. Uh, and we, we look at maybe this translation or that translation from the original language and say, and we talk about the differences of how those different uh, translators translate that phrase or that word in a different way. But in this particular case, almost universally, we see that this word from the Greek is translated devoted. They were devoted to these things. Now, 
a few weeks ago, we had some very devoted Lions fans that were super excited that after all of their years and decades and scores of years of, of loss after loss and season and after season after season of loss, that finally these devoted fans with a few bandwagon people in tow uh, made it all the way to the NFC Championship, losing finally to the, to the San Francisco 49ers. And then there were some very disappointed uh, devoted fans, but still devoted fans. Lion fans understand what it means to be devoted. Can I get an amen? Okay. Devoted. They were devoted to four things, Scripture says. They were devoted to the teaching that came from the apostles. These were the, the leaders of the church. These were individuals that had sat at the feet of Jesus. They had heard the teaching of Jesus. They were devoted to that teaching. They were devoted to the fellowship, to the community of the body of Christ, in other words. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. They were devoted, in other words, to, to worship where they would gather together and they would participate together in the Lord's Supper. They were devoted, it says, to prayer. There's some foundational things that they were devoted to. They were devoted to growing in their walk with Christ. They were devoted to the family, the, the church. They were devoted to regular worship as they participated in the Lord's Supper. They were devoted to the fuel of the, of the church, which is prayer. They were devoted to those things. And as a result of that devotion, it says that there were some things going on. It says that there was awe in the church. It says that there was, there were miraculous things that were regularly happening in the church. In verse 44, it says, it talks about the unity that they, they had, that they were taking care of the needs within the body. And, and that's what we see across these, this family of, of churches that together, when there's a need at one campus, that we together can meet those needs. We see that in our church, just like we see in the, in the New Testament, in this early church. Verse 46, it describes the church as a worshiping family, attending worship together, hanging out inside and outside of those worship experiences, doing life together, being in each other's homes, eating together, being generous with one another. And then in verse 47, skip to the end, it says, and they were enjoying the favor of the people, all the people, inside and outside the walls of the church, enjoying the favor of the people. And the result, again, at the end of verse 47, what does it say? Massive, consistent, radical life change as it describes, and day by day, God was saving souls. The Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Not just signing membership roles. These were people that were, had been transformed by the, by the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was an exciting place. It was a church that was, where God's ideal was being restored. Where, where, where things similar to what's going on in our church, through First Church, we see similar things happening. So let me just take a couple minutes again as we gather together as one church today. And let's talk about what do we see in the book of Acts here? What do we see in the story of the New Testament church? What do we see that we need to apply that we can be challenged by in this text? The first thing, first church, let's unwaveringly stand on God's timeless truth. We see that in this story. They were devoted, it says, to the teaching of the apostles. The apostles, again, were those people that had sat at the feet of Jesus. They had heard the teaching of Jesus. These were, these were individuals that, that, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, many of their letters became a part of what we see as Holy Scripture to this day. And so that was what they were, they were standing on. That's what they were believing. That's what they were sharing with one another. 
And we don't want to be a place that picks and chooses what we, what we decide we are going to believe. We want to be a church that stands on God's word. We want to be a church that doesn't just decide, well, because, because this, if we believe this and we, and we get rid of that, that that will please our culture. And so that's what we're going to do. When we're more concerned about pleasing culture than we are pleasing God, we're in trouble. And so first church, as we work together to restore God's ideal, we will unwaveringly stand on God's word. Not just the parts that we find encouraging, not just the parts where where we talk about God's love and God's grace. This church for 115 plus years has stood unwaveringly on the word of God and we will continue to do that. That's who we are. So let's not pretend that we or the culture know better than God and his word. So first church, that's who we have been, that's who we are, and that's who we will be. First church, let's secondly look at this, 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 as we look at this story, let's live in the expectation of the miraculous. And here in the book of Acts, in the second chapter, we see that God was moving, and we see that they believed that, that God was still doing miraculous things. And we believe that. We believe, and we've, we've talked about this before, but we, we believe that God is still in the business of doing miracles. Amen? Is God, is God still able to heal? Is he still able to move? Do we have faith that God, in a God that can do the miraculous? Do you believe that, that at any time God could show up and God could show out? Do we believe that? That is our God, that at any point God could blow us away with the move of his spirit through us. And that's what we want. That's what we want. That's what... We want to live in that expectation of the miraculous. Third, first church, let's celebrate our unique unity. We see in these verses a supernatural unity that went against the grain of the culture. Think about the first century and think about the, how, about the church. And if you, if you study history and you study what was going on in the New Testament church, in the New Testament church there was rich and poor coming together. There was Jew and Gentile coming together. There was slave and free coming together. There were conquerors and conquered coming together. There was young and old and male and female and on and on and on. There was a supernatural unity in the body and that's what we want here. Let's celebrate our unique unity. At the beginning, we talked about the history of the church of God. That is the, the foundation of the church of God was that, was that type of unity. That's our roots. And yeah, we can get off and we can, we can be ones that lead us back to what we see in Scripture. We can do that uniquely. That can be a part of who we are. That we can inspire others. We can inform others. Where our world would want to draw lines that separate, we can be ones that show, no, there's a different way. Because the kingdom is different. The church is different. First church is different. We're going to work together and we're going to piece together, with God's help, a beautiful mosaic across four different campuses that paint a beautiful picture of the tapestry of God's people together, living in supernatural unity. That's what we read in the New Testament church, and that's who we strive to be. And in first church, let's strive to be a place of continuous life transformation. I love this part. I love that in the early church that we see God was moving and that God was changing hearts. We see on the day of Pentecost a little earlier in that chapter that 3,000 came to Christ on that 
that day. And then here at the end of chapter 2, we see, and the Lord was adding to their number daily those who are being saved. So that is what we, we, we would love to see here at First Church. I, I would love to get more calls from Pastor Brian at Eau Claire or Pastor Jaime or Pastor Chris that, that hey, can we, can we just add a, yet another baptismal service? Because, because we've got a whole group of people that have, their lives have been transformed by Christ and we just can't wait until the summer. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's who we want to be. We want to be a church where people, where people's lives are being transformed. Continuous life transformation. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved as verse 47 describes. And may that be what happens across our family of churches, of campuses. And then first church, let's commit finally as we look at this story in Acts to be a church that walks out our theology. To be a church that's committed not to just talk faith, not to just play at faith, but to be a church that is committed to live how we say we believe. To be a church that has a bent toward action. That, that all things considered, that we are always going to be a church that, that is moved to action, not just to talk, but to action. That's who we want to be. We want to be a church, and I love it that in this community that we're, we're the church of do something. What a great way to be described in this community. The church that does something. And so a church that, that looks at the gaps and looks at the holes in the community and looks at the needs in the communities and, 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 and doesn't think about what we can do that someone else is doing already and how we can do better. No, no, no. We don't want to do what someone else is doing. We want to see where are the gaps, where are the holes, and fill those holes in Jesus' name to bring kingdom impact to this community where we have been called, to let our light shine before men that they see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. That's who we want to be. Now, before I throw it back to the campuses, I want to talk about some of the cool things going on, some of where we're dreaming about the future and where we can go together. So let me just give you some, let's start with some interesting fun facts just to see kind of where we are as a congregation. COVID, I don't know if you got the memo, COVID was crazy. Some of you got a little crazy during COVID, okay? Can we just get an amen? Can you just admit? We're just family. Some of you, okay, all right. Uh, I was in a, a group of pastors uh, just a couple weeks ago, and we met, and we were just talking about how things are going at our churches. And these are some leading churches in the Church of God movement, and there are some awesome, amazing churches that, that still are struggling since COVID. And things are still not, uh, they're, they're still, and, and COVID, we kind of all, Everything's just kind of totally kind of reset it and, and all that. And so there's been a lot of struggle. And I would just say to you that as a church, we uh, week in, week out, reach more people and have a, a, a larger footprint of ministry than we had before. And so just be encouraged that that is not our story. Um, uh, this, this year, or this last year, uh, our church grew across, again, our family, uh, about 12%, and we are on pace to do that again this year. Uh, as far as giving goes, this year, we're, uh, our giving has been really great. You've been super faithful. allows us to do a lot of amazing things in our community and in our world. Our giving is 4% uh, above our budget. It's about 10%. If you track last year versus this year, it's about 10% over last year. Those are great things that together we should celebrate, that God is moving. Another little fun fact, and I, I wish I had asked Pastor Adam before, but uh, and I know some of you I've shared, but I didn't share this with everybody across all of our campuses, but we are saying 
regularly young people and not so young people feeling a call to vocational ministry. I think there's about 12 young people right now that are just, just exploring that potential calling and this uh, past year or so there are two individuals that have been a part of First Church that we've raised up and equipped and now they are serving as lead senior pastors in the state of Michigan in church congregations from within us so we are a church that's raising up leaders and sending them out that is a sign of what God is doing a healthy congregation there's a lot to celebrate as we think about Think about who we are. Let's just, let me just, uh, if, I, if I were, and I, and I share some of this with uh, our partnership class or kind of our membership class when, when we meet together. I'm gonna, so if you've been to that recently, I'm, I'm going to just reiterate some things. But again, we haven't talked about some of these things all together. But one of the things I mentioned last week, if you were here, is that we are a, at the St. Joe campus, that we are a both and church. And that makes us unique. That we are a church that believes that we can reach young and old. We are a both-and church. We are a church that believes that we can uh, reach people and care about people that are far from God and also disciple believers. We are a both-and church. We are a, 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 a family, a, a church on both sides of the river. We are a both-and church. We're a church that believes in truth and grace. A church that believes in, in, in uh, believing and serving. That's who we are. We are a both-and-not-either-or church. We want to be a church that's influenced by our core values. Core values that we have identified recognizing that some of those core values we still aspire to, we're still working on it, we're not there yet. One of those that, uh, that we even talked about this morning in, in the pulse was that core value that we have of diversity, of taking steps to model what it looks like to have a healthy diversity, a, a unity within the body of Christ that goes against what our world would say. That there are things, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that unify us under the banner of of of, of God's people, that we are one. As a church, we want to look for gaps, holes, as I mentioned earlier. And we want to collaborate with great community partners to try to see those gaps, see those holes filled. Now, next week, we're going to talk about some of our mission stuff and uh, locally and internationally, and so that'll be a great, fun conversation. So let me just mention, though, some, some of our key community partners like Mosaic and Life Plan and Carol's Hope and the United Way and Connexus Michigan Works and the Boys and Girls Club and, of course, the nonprofit that a few years ago that we started, New Heights Christian Community Development Association. Let me... I don't know if uh, everybody knows what a Venn diagram is, but a Venn diagram is a series of circles that uh, help you understand these overlapping circles, the relationship between certain things. So I don't know if you can read this or not, but, but circle one, just uh, that's the community needs. So imagine a circle that within that circle, all of the needs that are in the community are represented. If we could just list all of them. And then another concentric circle that overlaps that one is a circle that we could describe as all of the resources, the passions, the, the gifts, spiritual giftedness of First Church. And there are some things that, that, that as a church that we could meet the needs of the community that there's an overlap. Some, some we can't. So but we don't have the ability, the skills, the resources to meet certain needs of the community, but there are certain, and so there's an overlap of some things that we could. And then the third concentric circle is what we could call gospel opportunities. And those are things that if we met those needs, if we, if we work together to, to see them realize that, 
that it's all the, op- the, the things that if we, if we did them that would give us a chance to share the good news of the gospel. And where those three circles intersect, that's the sweet spot. That's where we can experience tremendous, deep kingdom impact. Where the needs, the resources, the abilities, the passions, and then the gospel opportunities, the sweet spot of ministry. And so a great example, a simple example of that is this this laundry hub. It's an opportunity for us to meet a need in the community. We have the resources, the abilities, the passions to do it. And it will give us, as we do it, it will give us an opportunity on any number of occasions in any number of ways to do significant gospel-centered ministry. And we will see the kingdom impact. Now, two other things that, that are kind of new ideas that I want to throw out to you that also are in that, in that same space of kingdom impact, two things. One would be that we're just dreaming about and praying about a gap in our community. In our community, there is no place for people coming out of addiction, coming out of, a, of recovery or whatever. There is no place for men to go in this entire county. There's no transitional living space for men. Our own Pastor Jaime, and I asked if I could share his story. Pastor Jaime uh, was coming out of addiction. He was looking for a place where he could go, and he uh, had given his life back to Christ, and he was on, on this path of wanting to really grow, but he didn't uh, really put his life back together. He had nowhere to go until he found a church congregation in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that was ran, running a transitional living home for men. And it was in that home that Jaime, Pastor Jaime, got his second chance. We, in this community, could do that. We have the resources, we have the passions, we have the opportunity, and friends, there is a need. There's a gap, and literally, there are people that are dying in this county. And so we need to pray about, think about, is this something that together we could do? Another opportunity is what a ministry called Immigrant Connection. Immigrant Connection, just kind of, I want you to think back to the history of this church. I don't know if you realize, but for the first 40 or so years of this church, that every service was in German. We are a body that was, its foundation was immigrants coming from Eastern Europe that landed here, and we helped people, we, we sponsored them, and we helped them to become citizens. There in the Wesleyan Church, there's a, there's a ministry called Immigrant Connection that helps people find a legal path um, through the, just the maze of laws of our legal system. And again, it's a gap in our area. Nobody's doing it. We could help people, and there is opportunity for tremendous, significant kingdom impact. We're going to talk more about that, but just wanted to throw that out at you, and let's pray about what potentially could be. Here's some, some other things real quick. Would be the uh, facility-wise, the lobby at Saint, here at St. Joe. We want to do that. We feel like that will enhance. It'll give us a front door. It'll enhance what we're doing to to grow disciples of Christ, we'll use it in that way, but it'll also be a tool, just like the ministry center at, at Benton Heights is a tool for the community that we leverage to reach people for the community, that that space can be a tool that we leverage to reach people far from God in this community. So, again, a tool. We also, we've talked about refreshing our children's ministry space and whatnot, so that 
that, that capital campaign for the next one that we've been doing over the last two years, those funds, as we, and we're getting close to being able to, to, to do that lobby expansion, we, we're getting close to that. So I just wanted to throw that out, that over the course of the next year, hopefully we'll be able to make that happen. Uh, the laundry hub, we had some problems with some of the washers and dryers, the, the wrong ones, or the two, anyway, uh, long story short, it's close. And we'll talk about and we'll celebrate that as we get that open, which will be uh, within the next uh, few weeks here. Uh, Parking at Benton Heights. We have a campus at Benton Heights that every week there is absolutely no place to park. And it is a lid. If you've been around First Church for some time, you know that there was a building right out here that is now a parking lot. And several years ago, that building was bought, torn down. And that calendar year, this church grew by 300 people. Parking can be a lid that inhibits people from hearing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So hopefully as spring thaws, the spring thaw comes, we'll be able to raise some dollars and be able to put a, uh, we've already got a piece of property, we'll be able to, to put an expansion to the parking at Benton Heights and we'll be able to get that project done so we have no lids uh, in our ministry to people. Um, uh, we got, went away as a staff and as a staff uh, talked about some things about the future and what could be, and just know that an emphasis on prayer is one of the things that we want to see in this next season. So that's, you know, looks like more prayer nights and worship nights and some of that, and our prayer team. I would love for us to be able to, to have people that come early because, they, because we've got this prayer team that, that is open to pray for people, that people stay after service, that during the service we have this robust prayer. It is the fuel of the church. The book of Acts talked about, and the Lord added to the number daily. We've got a, a group, a small group, a team of lay people and, and, and staff that are looking about, we, we call it a vision initiative project around evangelism, how we could reach people that are far from God. Uh, there's a key word that when we went away and we're dreaming together as staff and kind of thinking about the future, and that key word was authentic. And it's next to ministry season to, to think about what it looks like to have authentic, deep, Worship and authentic in our pursuit. Everything that we do that, that authentic is this word that rings true. Let me give you a little quick fire round before I turn it back over to the campuses real quick. VBS, under the direction of our newly minted uh, children's pastor, Chance, is coming this summer. Hopefully you get a little uh, shout out about that. Um, uh, we've got a marriage event for all of our campuses that are coming in September with Les and Leslie Parrott. That'll be a fun thing. Uh, the Gathering, which is a service for uh, individuals with disabilities and their families, that's tonight. But we would love to see that enhanced uh, across uh, this region. Uh, CR, wouldn't it be cool to see that celibate recovery just explode and that we have to even have other uh, uh, expressions of that at other campuses at some point? Here's the bottom line. First Church is a healthy balance of the orthodox, which is right belief, and orthopraxy, which is right practice. That's who we are. And now, First Church, what will it look like for us together to charge hell together with our solo cups and our water pistols in hand? Because with God's help, we can do things that we could not, never do alone so I want to turn it back over to the campuses and to the campus pastors, and then let's uh, hear, talk about what our future is. And I just want to, as they talk, I want us to talk. What's God want to do here? To really understand and 
to realize all that God has in store. It's going to take everybody that considers First Church their home to lock arms and let's work together. So if you've been on the fence, whether this is the right place or not, uh, let's have that conversation. I would love to talk more. But if this is your home, then I would encourage you. I want to challenge you. Because I believe in what we're doing. And things, ministry, and opportunities to reach people for Christ are left on the table when all of us don't lock arms and work together. So what does it take? I want to challenge you in giving. To just be obedient to whatever God has blessed you with, uh, the, the, the gifts, the, the, the resources he's blessed you with, and to see what you have as a steward. You are a steward of those things. And what God has put on your heart, as Corinthians says, then just be obedient to what God is asking you to do. So be obedient in your giving to the work of the kingdom, financially. The second thing I would say is to be obedient in serving. I want to challenge you in serving. How does God want you to be engaged? Where, where, is, where, is, where are you serving? And it doesn't have to be within the walls of the church. We have, I, I, I love it. I just heard uh, just the other day that somebody is uh, going to get some training so they can go to Life Plan and, and help uh, a great ministry partner to serve at Life Plan. I, I love that because we've got some great community partners. And so where does God want you to serve? I don't know where it is. That's between you and the Lord. But if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been gifted. You have been uh, there, there is something that God wants you to do. Until that time, he calls you home. So where is it? So I just want to challenge you in giving and in serving. I want to challenge you in praying. Friends, prayer, as I often say, is the slender nerve that moves the muscles of omnipotence. This is the fuel of the church. We must pray. Let's pray that God would move. Let's pray that, that unless the Spirit shows up, that it can't be done. Let's dream for some things that unless God is in it, it will not happen. And that will take prayer. That will take us being on our knees. And so what if we, again, we create this authentic atmosphere where people were coming early and we were praying and we were praying during the service and we were praying uh, in, during uh, times uh, uh, as, as we're worshiping. We're, we're praying afterwards that there's needs. We believe we're praying for one another. So will you pray for me? I want to ask you to pray for me. Will you pray for our wonderful staff that, that we have been blessed with? There are uh, uh, ministers, and you, you, we read it all the time, that are falling as a result of dumb things that they do because there is an enemy out there. They would seek to destroy, to steal, and to kill and destroy. Pray for your staff. Pray for the other leaders, the lay leaders of this church. Pray for our ministry together. I want to challenge you to pray. And then finally... As our worship team comes back out, I want to challenge you to commit. Friends, there are things that unless we do it together, will never happen. Can we do that together? Will you commit that if this is your church home, that, and I know that, you know, we're not a perfect place. I'm here, so, okay? And you're here. So we've already blown it. And if you're looking for the perfect church, the minute you show up, it's not perfect anymore. But together, friends, for 115 plus years, God has had his hand on this church. And let's dream together and work together to realize not just to, to stay with what we've been doing, but 
but to celebrate who we've been and who we are, but then to dream together as we commit together to our future. We're going to sing an old, old classic. It reminds us of the faithfulness of our God. So I invite you to stand. And as you stand today, if there is a need, if you'd like to come and just pray for, for this church or you've got a need going on in your life, these altars are open. We've got people who have lanyards on. They'd love to pray with you. I'll be here. And so as we sing this classic song that reminds us of the faithfulness of our God, let's celebrate who we are, who we've been, and who God has us to be. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Father, that you would put in our heart, our mind, God, the, just a vision of the future. And God, as we sing this song that reminds us of through the ages, God, that you have been faithful to this congregation, as we sing this old classic, I pray, Father, that you would remind us that you are still on the throne, you are still moving, that you are not done with this church, and Father, you have a rich, robust, amazing future in store for us as we give together and pray together and serve together and commit together for your future. Help us now. Put that in our hearts. In the name of Christ, we pray.